Mm-hmm. Here's a handful of things that are popping into my head right now as we're talking about this too, is like, I, I think that evangelicalism gives you a lot of really, obviously really bad ways of dealing with emotions like we've been talking about, but really bad mechanisms of how to interpret your own thoughts. So like, yes. yes. Um, one is the fact that you, at least depending on denomination, depending on tradition, whatever, you will often be encouraged to be always listening for the voice of God. And it's very easy for that voice of God to just be associated with one of the many voices in your head. And so like for me, for instance, a big part of why I needed to be kind of an, an agnostic atheist, leave the faith for at least two years was because I identified God with any time a thought process was negative or hard. Anytime I was challenging myself, that must be God speaking. But sometimes I was unfairly challenging myself because I have chronic depression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's that. Um, no, I, I really like Tad Delay's phrase, that enjoyment of turmoil. It's like the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right. The voice of God was the self-critical one. And then it's like, oh, I have no self-confidence or executive function. Thanks, God. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. If you, if that was your voice, you've done nothing but damage me. Right. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And just like all this, all this stuff that like, it, it makes you feel chosen and special and certain about a lot of things. The community provides comfort, um, you know, so it does all this stuff for you to some extent, if you can kind of get with the program, but it, well, it doesn't even, but it just like kicks the can down the road. On, mm-hmm. on all the other stuff because it just it's just deny 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 repress 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 um say the magic words feel forgiven move on with your day be a productive worker contributive member of society upstanding clean folk um meanwhile uh vote for unlimited death and destruction mm-hmm. anywhere everywhere all the time mm-hmm. send your kid to the army yep uh vote for the death penalty vote for the death penalty uh support cops uh you know you know like yeah yeah you know the the extent right it's it's to feel good while while uh enjoying the spectacle of institutionalized violence around you and uh Mm -hmm. expectorating the uh all the icky feelings you don't find pleasant Mm mm-hmm Washing that cerebrum clean. Um, yeah. And, and that I mean, it just never worked for me, dude. I, I never got the same thing out of it that apparently every adult in my life did. You yeah. know? Do you mean like, do, like the sense of fulfillment? You didn't get that. Or like the sense of, um, so like for me, I think one of the biggest ones was I, I got some of the fulfillment. And I know that especially because I spent two years not trying not to be a Christian. And I was feeling a lack of that meaning in my life so clearly that's what i did get out of it right but like for instance for for me it was it was guilt like that was the consistent thing is like people seem to believe like oh if i believe hard enough then god's god forgives me and i that there's a reason the line in first reformed will god forgive us hits me really hard <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i i got the total depravity thing really crammed in my head but i really struggle with the forgiveness thing and yeah yeah so that it that didn't wash and rinse the way it seemed to do with others the way they were able to just let go of what they did and 
I kind of wanted, I'm kind of using this also intentionally to segue this because I think this is the thing I've had the hardest time processing from the Tad Delay interview. And I think it's just an interesting one is like, what is the correct relationship to have with guilt? Because on the one hand, clearly the way that Christianity functions in a lot of people's lives, it would be better if it wasn't there because it, it is just a way to, to do some, some conscience hygiene. Yeah. And that's bad, but also like walking around and feeling guilty every single waking day of hour, because I know for a fact that, you know, you know, everything, everything I do, everything I consume, everything I buy is, is sinful in a sense because of, you know, the, yeah, uh, the people that are forced to produce it, the, you know, the wage like theft that created it. Yeah. Who's profiting off of it. Who? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. And, and the feeling that, and the sense, the knowledge, let's face it, the knowledge that I am forced to participate in this to simply survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, to simply would continue be to draw breath. To, it wouldn't be healthy to feel that guilt all the time. I just would never be able to be an adjusted human being. So like, where is that line? Cause obviously I don't think Tad delays encouraging us to just like get rid of the concept of redemption so much that we just feel guilt all the time. Obviously there's a degree of it that still needs to exist. And then me being still committed to the Christian thing to some extent or another, I I have to hold on to redemption at some point because it's the whole fucking game here (laughs) but like yeah what's the correct way of it existing is what i'm struggling with because clearly the way evangelicals use it is not correct it's it's that's not what redemption ought to be no no right yeah just saying (laughs) just saying the magic words and and being forgiven uh turns out that seems to be mostly useful for monsters yeah i um, uh yeah yeah uh, yeah no so yeah, that's that's interesting because uh, as as we've been exploring, like it it generates all this anger, but it also is set up to prevent the believer from feeling a single second of shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and shame's good. It has. Yeah, a role. yeah. It, it can be bad. Also. It can be bad. It can be bad. It can be traumatic, depending on the circumstance. But I mean, again, talking about like my deconversion story. Uh, mm-hmm. my my negative testimony um uh I, I shame is such a key part of it like feeling the shame of a previous uh-huh. identity um I, josh borman brings this up at, at the end of the episode is like i mean you know part of growing up is like uh yeah making making peace with the shitty person you used to be because of like the culture you were brought up in mm-hmm. um the, I mean, and, and but having, what, right, what, yeah, having an appropriate amount of reticence about it, like, I mean, especially like, I mean, in my circumstance, like I, I mentioned, I've, I've said and done things I'm not proud of. Like, those are things I at, you know, later in life went back and reconciled with those people over, like, mm-hmm. you know, and admit, hey, just like, hey, sorry, I was a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I try. I'm trying to get better, you know, um, mm-hmm. and uh the extent to which like that that act of um reconciliation would not have been possible without feeling some shame mm-hmm. over my actions and words mm-hmm. and you know i the yeah the 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 I, I think the thing that makes evangelicalism the most dangerous religion in the world is its hyper individualism and its absolute defense against shame 
this was a preview for a Patreon-only episode. So uh, check out the show notes if you want to hear more.